you can sense it today, but um, God is up to something big, isn't he? This is a new year, it's a new day, it's a fresh start. I can sense in your heart there's an expectancy from God. And I can't tell you as a pastor what that feels like when people gather together and want more of God. They want more of God. You want more of God this year. And in case you're on the outside looking in and not quite wondering and saying, I don't know, trust me, you want more of God. You want more of Him this year. I remember as a little boy going to visit my grandpa in Iowa and spending time in the summers with them. And Not a day went by that I would visit with him that he wouldn't start morning with breakfast and his Bible and we'd sit at the table together and he would read the Word, and we would pick verses and read them together, and then at the end of our time, we would pray together. And every time he prayed, there was a phrase that he used over and over and over again. I I knew that as a little boy that he was going to say that phrase in the prayer, that he was going to say something that came from the book of Joshua when They were going into a new territory and following the ark and they didn't know where they were going. And there's a small phrase in the book of Joshua chapter 3 that says, we've never passed this way before. That he would begin his prayer and he would say, Lord, we have never passed this way before. It's a brand new day, God. We don't know what it holds, but you do. 
We are just starting the journey, but God, you're already, already ahead of us, preparing the way, taking care of it. And so as we sit here on the first Sunday of a new year, the days and the weeks and the months ahead, we've never traveled that way before. We've never passed that way before. But God has, and He is there, and He is waiting for you to come and join Him, to follow His lead. And so we go after what God has for us. I see this part of our service each week as a pastor, and I take what it says in the book of Ephesians seriously, that these are moments where I am called to equip the body of Christ with the Word of God. And I want to equip you in these first weeks of 2012 on how to live a life of faith. And I'd like you to get your Bibles out and turn to Colossians chapter 3 and get your sermon notes out as we talk about what it means to live a life of faith. I have a lot of conversations with uh, people at church, and, and you have a, a service like today, and I'll talk to people, and they'll be like, man, I just feel so connected to God through worship. I feel so connected to Him through the Word and through prayer and my friends at church that I just can't wait to get to church on Saturday or on Sunday or now on Wednesday nights. I can't wait to be in the presence of God. There's something about being together. And they just go on about how they feel that connection. And, 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 as, and as a pastor, again, I, I, I rejoice in that because it's like, yes, that's our calling. That's our mission. We are accomplishing the mission. And I, I talk to people and, they, and their hearts are just like so full of connecting with God at church. And then as we continue to talk in the next few sentences, they'll tell me how much they hate their job or the, how much they dislike their family that they go home to after church. And I think there's something wrong here, isn't there? There's something that doesn't quite fit if I'm connected to God at church, but as soon as I walk out the door, I'm completely disconnected. See, your walk with God has to work all of the time. It has to work on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, along with Saturday and Sunday. It has to be a 24-7, 365 type of faith. And so I'm going to give you a verse for the life of faith messages, and I want this to be our verse for 2013. I want you to get your Bibles out, your, your Bible apps out, wherever you're at. I want you to highlight this verse. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. Colossians 3, 17. I want you to memorize this, get this in your heart and in your life. And it's on the screen behind me in the Amplified Version where it says, and whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. Isn't that beautiful? That's your verse. Highlight it, underline it, maybe even write 2013 next to it. Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. This is the calling on your life. It doesn't matter who you are if you name the name of Christ. If you consider yourself a disciple, a follower of Him, this is your verse. This is your call. This is your creed. This is your manifesto. That everything you do, you do unto Him, for Him, and for His 
glory. I want you to memorize this verse. Most of all, I want you to live this verse. What is this verse saying as we break it down? It's saying whatever you do. Different translations say all that you do or anything that you do. The the King James says whatsoever you do. Everything we do. I love what the Amplified Bible says here. No matter what it is, in the small things, in the big things, and everything in between, we bring glory to God as a representative of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you say or do, you do it as unto the Lord. So I am continually called to live for His glory and fame and not mine. And here's the bottom line. I live all of my life for Him. I live all of my life for Him. I live all of my life for Him. And I don't just try to do this on my own. I do it with praying, Lord, I've never passed this way before. I do it, as the verse says, with dependence upon Him through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. That He calls me to live out this verse and then equips me to fulfill my duty and to love Him, to serve Him, to act for Him, and that all that I do for His glory is my worship, my obedience with thanksgiving to the Lord. Now let me ask you a question. What would your life look like if you lived a Colossians 3.17 life? 24-7. What would your life look like if you lived a Colossians 3.17 life? What if everything you did, you did unto the Lord? That you did for His glory? As a representative of Jesus, that you lived all of your life for Him? That you walked in His power and His strength and His wisdom? What if you did this life and did it with worship and thanksgiving in all that you did? What would your life look like? How would your life change? How would your life look different at home or at work or at school or wherever you're at? How would you be different and how would people respond and what would they say changed about you if you lived a Colossians 3.17 life? As you're thinking about that, and I know that it's a challenging thought, because if we actually lived this out, how different would our lives be at home and at work and at school? But I want to look at the context of this verse, because it finds itself kind of in the middle of the chapter. And I want you to forgive me as we do this Bible study, because I'm actually going to move quite quickly through this chapter, but that's okay, because we're going to pick up bits and pieces of this chapter later on in the weeks to come, so I don't want you to feel ripped off in any way that I'm going so quickly. I I just want you to know that we're going to come back to this, but I want to put a context around 3.17 so that you know how to live. Starting at the first verse, Paul writes, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. It says in these first verses that I'm going to set my heart and my mind on things above. That that I am not to live the way that the world lives. Instead, I need to live life God's way. According to His kingdom principles. 
I seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. That's how I live my life. I don't live my life like the world lives. I mean, I live in the world, but I don't live like the world. There's a difference. And he goes on to talk about what we need to get rid of in our life as we live that Colossians 3.17 life. He says, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. But, in, but of these sins, the, excuse me, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Paul says you've got to get rid of the old things in your life, the earthly things of your life. Those things that will destroy you, those things that are not of God, but are of sin. You need to, as the King James says, you need to mortify them. You need to put them to death. You need to get rid of them. You need to separate yourself from them. You have to get rid of the things that have the potential to destroy your life. And, and the Bible is very clear that this is something that you must do. This is not something that God does for you. It's something that we are called to do. He says that you need to put to death. You need to take some action in this and, and begin to follow what God wants and not what the world wants. Follow what God wants, but not necessarily what you desire. And to put your heart and your mind on things above. Put it to death. And you may say, well, that's so hard. I I don't know if I can do that. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Go with James. James says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Look, God doesn't make choices for you. God doesn't make your decisions for you. You decide to follow Him. You decide to obey. You decide to put off the things that will destroy you and put on the things that give you life. That's what you have to do. And a lot of times when we think about taking the sin out of our life or, 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 or the struggles that we have and we know what, because of the cross we have the victory of God and yet we feel defeated because we fall back into our sin. And so we get this idea, either I'm winning or I'm losing in the battle with my old life. In my battle with cutting off that, that sinful part of me and putting it to death. And so I'm either, I'm either victorious or I'm defeated. And that's not the right way to think about it because you are victorious over sin. Here's a different way to think. Instead of thinking about winning and losing, victory and defeat, think, am I obeying God or am I disobeying God? Because if I'm obeying God, I will have victory. If I disobey, I will lose. I will be destroyed by sin. So we have to begin to think about being obedient and living that life, taking decisive action and following God. Colossians 3.10 says, put on your new nature. So we put to death the old nature, we put on the new nature, and, we be, and, and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. I love that. Our calling to become like Christ. So we put on and we clothe ourselves with what? It says in verse 12, since God shows you to be holy people He loves, you must clothe yourself with tender heart and mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for others' faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. 
And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as, many, as, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We're to put on and clothe ourselves with those godly characteristics, to obey Him, to follow Him, and to put those things on, realizing I live for Him. I represent Him. I'm called to be like Him. And so with the power of the Holy Spirit residing in me, I am going to obey and follow God. That's when our verse comes in. Colossians 3.17 That we would do everything for His glory. Whatever we did. Whatsoever we do. And so that's where we find the context of Colossians 3.17. Of setting our mind on things above. Living in the world, but not like the world. Instead, living like God. And so then it leads to the following verses here. 18 to the end of the chapter with some very practical outworkings of living a godly life. It says, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, obey your parents, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember, that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the Master you are serving is Christ. But if you do what is wrong, you will be paid back for the wrong you have done, for God has no favorites. As he ends this chapter, he gets super practical on what it means to live out a Colossians 3.17 life. How does this work in real life? How do you live this life of faith? How does it work in the marriage relationship or the relationship with our children? How does it work inside of our homes? And then he begins to talk about the workplace and how it happens at work. And we're going to talk about all these things in the weeks to come because this works in real life. Listen to me. Your Christianity, your faith has to work everywhere. It can't just work when you walk through these doors And in this context, where we are worshiping God and praising Him, it has to work everywhere. And so I'm going to give you an assignment this week, if you're willing to take it on. Up here we have a a door, and this door will represent many things in the weeks to come. But today it's just a door. And we walk through doors every day, all day. Different doors. This door is red, so it reminds me of, of our home, and and, and so it represents a, a door when I walk through my door at home. You think of you walk through doors when you go to school or you walk through the doors of your office. You walk in, outside to go to work or to go to school and you open the car door and you get in and you go to the restaurant, you go shopping. You, you walk through doors into different places and you do it all day and you do it every day. But I want you to begin to think about doors in your life and that every door you walk through, there's a calling on your life. Every door you walk through, there's a calling that God has placed upon you. The door is red, so it reminds me of our door at home. And when I walk through my door at home, I walk into my house called to be a husband and a father. I don't get to come home and, boy, 
the day was so hard. I'm so overwhelmed. Don't bother me. I'm done. I have punched out. It is over. You know, uh, just leave me alone. No, when I walk through my red door at home, I walk in as a husband to Leslie, as a father to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I am their father. I am Leslie's husband. I am called to love. I am called to nurture. I am called to protect. And I don't get time off when I walk through that door. Because there is a calling on my life when I walk through the door. And there is a calling on your life as you walk through the door of your home. Now, it may be different than me. And I don't know the context of your life. But when you walk through the door, there is a calling on your life and you can't get out of it. But it's not just our home. When we walk into church and we walk through the door, we are now called when we gather here to be worshipers. For the next 52 weeks together, we are worshipers. We are not here to, to hear some great music and to listen to a sermon. You're not the audience. He is. You're called to worship. Even listening to a sermon, allowing this to get in your heart, that's an act of worship to God. So you are called when you walk through these doors to, to be a worshiper. But it's not just our homes and it's not just church. When you walk through the door of your school, you are there on assignment for God. You are called to be a student. You are called to influence those around you. The same thing for work. When you walk through the door of your office or your, work, your workplace or your store, when you walk through that door, there is a call on your life to live a Colossians 3.17 life. That everything I do, I do is unto the Lord. That no matter how big or how small, I'm not just walking through the door of my office so I can put in my time and get my paycheck and get out of there. No, I am called to serve while I'm there. I'm called to be like Christ. I'm called to exhibit the things of God while I'm there. We have to grab a hold of this together. We have to get this as a whole part of our life. It goes beyond just the, the main doors of our life. I was thinking about the car door when you get in your car. I don't know about you, but as our kids get older, we have one in grade school, one in middle school, one in high school. And so it seems like once school's over, we go in every direction for practices and games and music lessons. And, and you have all these things. And there are times where I am literally in the car from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. And driving people here and there. And not just my kids, they get to the car. Hey, Dad, can so-and-so have a ride? Yeah, get in the car, let's go. You know, and, and we go, and, and I'm thinking, oh, this is how much time this is taking out of my day, and how much gas, and, and, and I'm just you know, sitting in a parking lot waiting for somebody to get out. And, and you're like, oh, you, know, you just begin to think about all these things that I could be doing with these, these hours, and and here I'm running my kids around. You know that when I get into my car and I open that door to drive them to school or drive them after school or whatever, that I have a calling on my life, that I have some moments with my children to minister to them, to talk with them, to love them, and their friends getting in the car and eating a ride home, that's not an accident either. I'm called to minister to them as well. Wherever we find ourselves, no matter how big or how small, we are called to live a Colossians 3.17 life. To live for His glory. To fulfill His assignment on our life. 
And when we do that, we will experience God as never before. Colossians 3.17 Whatever you do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus and in dependence upon His person, giving praise to God the Father through Him. I want you to make it your creed that I live all my life for Him. I live all my life for Him. We're taking our Christmas decorations down at home. Many of you know I was a little under the weather the past uh, few weeks, and thank you for praying, feeling so much better. And uh, I got to go through and read all the Christmas cards again. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas cards. I love reading them. I love seeing the pictures. I love reading the letters. I, I love it all. I love Christmas cards. And so I read through them again, and my favorite <coughs> excuse me, Christmas card this year uh, came from Dr. Bob and Shirley Mae Cornwall. I know that many of you know Dr. Bob Cornwall because he's come year after year and, and spoken here. And, um, and uh, he's actually going to come. He's speaking at a pastor's conference we're hosting in May, and so he's going to be here in May. And so we're happy to have Dr. Bob with us. If you don't know Bob Cornwall, you're going to get to know him, and you're going to love him. And uh, the thing that's interesting about Dr. Bob is um, he's not a young, young man. In fact, we just talked on the phone last week. His wife, Shirley May, just celebrated her 90th birthday. And if you remember his stories about Shirley May, she always does something big on her big birthdays. So he's going to tell you a story in May about the 90th birthday with Shirley May. And Bob always uh, teases her that, uh, that she's older than he is, but the reality is, is he's not far behind about to celebrate his 90th birthday. And so this Christmas, they sent a card, as they do every year, and this is how they, they signed it. And I just took a picture with my uh, phone, and it'll be on the screen behind me. It says, Doc and Shirley May, life is short. Have a good shot at it. Signed, R.C., Robert Cornwall. Life is short. Have a good shot at it. I thought of, of, of a person that I really think lived a Colossians 3.17 life. That throughout his life, he has ministered in churches large and small and still at 90 years old is traveling and ministering to churches wherever God leads him, wherever the door will open, to live for him, and as I talk to him, you just realize that, that he, he knows there's not much time left. And that's why I'm so glad he's coming, because I want to get him as much as we can before he goes home. But you just realize that as you enter into those final years, that life is really short. And so, take your best shot. Live that Colossians 3.17 life. Do everything for him and for his glory, because when it's all over, that's all that matters. I heard this past week uh, on the radio a person talking, and I loved it. He said, a lot of times we think of ourselves as 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, and we talk about our age, but the reality is, is that we're really not that old because we end up living every year like the year before. We kind of live the same year over and over and over again. Not much change. It almost becomes tradition, and we kind of do the same thing this year that we did last year, and we just keep existing and going. And you're meant to live every year for the Lord. To grow every year. To take new steps of faith every year. To do even greater things every year. 
to find God's call on your life every year and to live all of your life for Him. Don't just live the same life you lived last year. Let's do something new. Let's live it for Him and for His glory and wait on Him and follow Him and I can't wait to see where He takes us. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'm just going to pray for you now. And today was just setting the table for the weeks to come. But I want to pray with you that God takes you into even greater places in this new year because you are submitting to Him. Because you're waiting on Him. I want you to do that. I want you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ today if you've never had. If you're just here because it's Sunday and it's the first Sunday of a new year and you're far from God or maybe you've never made that, that, that personal commitment to Jesus, I want you to do that today. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you just believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and He was raised from the dead. If you believe that and you confess that, you are saved. And God comes in and He makes you a brand new person. He's going to do that today as we worship together. I want you just to say, I believe in Jesus. I believe that He died for my sins. I believe that He rose from the dead. And I want to walk with God. I want us all today to, to be Colossians 3.17 people. That you live your life, all of your life, for Him and for His glory. God, we love You this morning. Lord, we have sensed Your presence from the moment we walked in. And God, we have sensed Your Word spoken to us. God, that we will follow hard after You. That we will obey You. That we will be people that live our lives, our whole lives, all of our lives, big and small, everywhere we go, everything we say, everything we do, that we would live for You. So God, that's us today. As we worship You, as we close out our time together. Thank you, God. On this first Sunday of the new year, I don't want anybody to get anxious. I just want to spend some more time with the Lord before we go. There's some very important things we're going to do at the end of service, so please don't, don't leave yet. We need your help. But I want us to worship the Lord. And this isn't going to be a worship time like at the first part of the service. This is a special worship time with just you and God, where you talk with Him. If you want to stand, you can. If you want to kneel, if you want to sit, if you want to come to the altar, if you want to go to a quiet place, you can do whatever you want. But I also believe in, in prophetic actions as well. And, and sometimes we need to do something to commit ourselves to God. And we did this last night. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to invite you. You don't have to do this. This is not something required. But if you feel in your heart, you say, I want to be that Colossians 3.17 person. I need to make a mark. I need to make something prophetic done today in my life. I'm just going to ask if you want, as we're singing, as we're worshiping, if you just want to come up and, and walk up to the door and, and just place your hand on the door and say, I'm that person, God. All my life, wherever I go, whatever I say, whatever I do, all my life, is live for you. You can do that. You can just come up and touch it. 
go back to your seat. But again, whatever you need to do right now to connect with God, don't be in a hurry. There's no place to go. You need the Lord right now. You need to make that commitment to Him right now. So we're going to sing. If you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to kneel, whatever you need to do to connect with God, just do that now. And we're going to worship the Lord for the next several minutes. It's just our time with God. Thank you, Lord, for worship.
just going to um, keep an atmosphere of worship. So if you still want to keep coming forward, you can do that. And just our time with the Lord here at the end of a service. But I just want to keep it wide open for whatever God wants to do. My heart is so full for what God is birthing in our church. And I, I can't wait for Wednesday night. I just have to be honest with you. And a lot of people have asked me, what, what's, what's the prayer service going to be like? And I say, I don't know, I'm not God. <laughs> you know, He's going to do something that He wants to do. I mean, we'll have worship and, and we'll open our Bibles and we'll pray, but God's going to do what He wants to do. And that's the whole point of a service like that, just kind of open-ended. Where God, where are you leading right now? What do you want to do right now? And so that's what we're going to do on Wednesday nights. As our children are blessed upstairs and our young people, we're going to just meet with God. We're going to do kind of what we're doing here at the end of a service, but do it for an extended period of time and just wait on the Lord and pray together. It's going to be good. And so that's coming up, and I want you to be a part of that. I want you to, to, to get God inside of you. And, and in a moment, we're, we're going to be dismissed. We have a few things to do, but in a moment, maybe a first act of a new year is to walk into our gym and help uh, pack some meals for the Philippines. We're going to pack thousands of meals today that will minister to children on the other side of the world. And, and um, so maybe you're feeling like God's calling you to live out your faith. That's a great way to do that. Right now, we're going to receive an offering for those that are poor. We do this at the first Sunday of every month. It's just uh, an offering. Now, this is above tithes and offerings. This is, this is a special offering. Not everybody has to give. It's only if you feel led to give in something like this. Maybe God has blessed you and, and you have some more and you want to give it to people who don't because this offering goes to people in need. People in need here and around the world. And so uh, everything in this offering goes towards that. Maybe you want to help pack the meal for the Philippines or, or pay for the shipping or whatever. You know, we weren't really ready to do this on the first Sunday of the new year, but, but they, they need it, and we're going to do it, and I know God's going to provide, and maybe, maybe just you want to give something uh, toward that, maybe a little more substantial toward that. You can do that. Just, just write down food packing or whatever on your envelope. But everything that comes in this offering will go to bless those that are poor. And so we want to we do that now. Um, so as they come forward, let's pray and just keep the attitude of worship here. Lord, we love you today, and God, I just thank you for what you're doing, what you're going to continue to do even in our, our time together this morning. And so we, uh, we now give, Lord, to you. God, we don't know exactly who this all is going towards just yet, because maybe they haven't come across our path, and maybe we don't know the names of, of children overseas in the Philippines, but God, you know every name, and you know every heart, and you know exactly what they need, and you're going to provide for them. And so, God, I pray that you do that in a really big way. And, God, do it through us. And thank you for allowing us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As you give this morning, I just want to encourage you, not just in uh, a prayer service or a weekend service, but to every day connect with God. In the lobby, there are devotionals that you can take, and, and you can read a devotional every day and connect with God. And there's another way to connect with God every day, and so I'm just going to ask David and Jessica to come on up here. And this is actually what David does for a living, but this is something he wanted to give our congregation. And I asked if we could do this on the first Sunday of a new year. 
because I want us to connect with God and his word every day. And so uh, they have a special gift for you. And so, God, you guys can explain it and then uh, walk us through it. Okay, I have a question for everybody. Um, raise your hand if you own any kind of iPhone, iPod, iPad. Don't be shy. Raise your hand. And, and anything that runs um, an app. Um, for, not for Android, unfortunately. Um, but, no, keep your hand up, actually. Don't be shy. Now, um, I would like everybody that has their hand up um, to keep it up if you feel like you could use a little more of God's word every day. <laughs> so, that's, pretty, that's two hands. That, that's pretty much everybody. I'd like to show you um, something that we worked on together. Um, and this is what it is. It's called Word Alert Daily Bible Verses. And you can get it on the App Store. It's, it's permanently free now. Um, and you can set a time. And during that time, every day, you'll get a new Bible verse delivered to your phone without opening the application. And uh, the great thing about that is, um, you know, I generally forget to do things like that. And <laughs> I know we all have really busy lives. And uh, this is like, for me, it's, it's pretty much change, changed my day. If I said it in the morning, you can ch just change the time, whatever time works for you, when you wake up, when you get out of work, but right before you go to bed. Uh, just go back one screen. And if you open the application, you can see um, the full verse, because sometimes it doesn't necessarily fit on one screen. You can cycle through and um, see the other verses that are there. Um, so I just hope that everybody that had their hand up would download this today because it will really make a big difference. And go back to the timer screen because um, in order for it to um, pop up automatically, you just have to visit the screen and choose a time and make sure that the um, switch says on. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty simple. Yes, Jessica would like to say something about it too. Um, I just wanted to share with you guys where... We uh, put the verses in ourselves, but where I kind of was, um, it was a period of time where the Lord had really um, worked on my heart and taught me a lot about rest. And um, the video that we saw earlier today, um, I can't tell you how many hours I've spent on the potter's wheel. Um, I've been throwing since I was in high school. And there's a few things I wanted to share with you guys about that the, that the video didn't um, explain. And when you get a slab of clay, um, it's, there's no shape to it, but it's really important that you knead it out because there are air bubbles in it. And if you don't work the clay, when you go to fire um, whatever it is that you made, it will explode in the kiln. Um, and then once you get it on, once you've kneaded it out, and once you get it on the potter's wheel, if you don't center the clay, you cannot create a shape. Um, if it's off-center at all, your shape will be wobbly and it'll be really hard um, to make and it'll be, you'll be fighting against the clay the whole time. Um, if you work on the wheel and the clay is dry, you'll get a snag um, and it will be really difficult to work with and shape the clay. Um, so all of these things I feel like God has really pressed on my heart. And just as a reminder to us that, that we need to be worked out by the Lord, um, that we need to be shaped and centered in him, that we need to not be dry because his word refreshes us um, and it is like honey to our lips. And so that's just really an encouragement from the Lord that I wanted to share with you guys and a little more about that video. 
So the application is called, oh, yes, thank you. And I'm going to give a testimony, too, because they told me about it when it first came out. I've had it on, on my iPad and iPhone all, all the time. In fact, I've, I've messaged uh, Dave. You know what's funny is the verse pops up, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit uses the verse that you get for you that day. It just speaks to you, and I, I messaged David, man, that verse was exactly what I needed today. And mine pops up at, at 1 in the afternoon because, like, halfway through the day, I just want to get the word inside me and, and energize me. So, and, and what I appreciate about it is this, this is what they do for a living. This is how they get their paycheck, and they're giving it away free. And I love that, and I believe God's going to honor that. So thank you guys for sharing that with us in the world. And, and it's... Yeah. yeah, sure. It's, um, when you get the app, it's called Word Alert. But I'll, I'm using two mics now. But yeah, it's Word Alert. Make sure you get that, Word Alert. Also, uh, Jody wanted me to mention that there are coats in the lobby. We have uh, just, I don't even know how many coats. I mean, it's packed out. Thousands. Wow. Okay. That's a lot of coats. <laughs> and um, so if you need coats for you, for your family, for your neighbors, you know anybody that needs coats, send them to church. Take them today, and they can come by anytime and pick them up. And because uh, we want to be a blessing through our children's pantry. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord? The worship team is going to send us out with another song. So if you want to stay for a little while in the presence of the Lord, if you just want to wait on God, if you're just not ready to go yet, you can stay here and worship. If you need special prayer, I'll be down front. But definitely, if everybody could just step out and give us a few minutes in the gym, uh, we're going to pack thousands of meals for the Philippines, and God's going to bless. And I can't wait to see everybody here on Wednesday night. God's going to move in a powerful way. But may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for that blessing, for a brand new year of our life. God, I thank you that it rests upon us, your people. It rests upon our families, our church, and everyone that names your name. And God, I thank you that uh, you go with us into a brand new year. And God, you're already ahead of us, calling us. So may we follow you, and may we live all of our life for you. Keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go out and worship, and then go out and serve in the gym. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night.